0: came from the 508 and 508 Red present. Deep in all creatures, the need of a mother's warm embrace has been felt by every child since time immemorial. The bond of family shapes all children into what they become when they do away with child. For the last fucking time, there's no sharks in brackish water. Benny rolled his eyes at Jennifer and returned his focus to steering their late model Ford E-50, his large arms nearly bursting from his slightly too small peacoat. The van bobbed along the unpaved road, creeping further from civilization with every rocking heave. Jennifer fixed her straight blonde hair running her hand through it before raising her slender arm to Benny and lifting her middle finger from under her runner's jacket. Fuck you, baby! I know what I read! A nervous voice from the backseat came to Jennifer's defense. Penelope's eyes shifted underneath the honey-brown hair hanging in front of her round face. Between Jennifer and another woman sitting in the backseat, who had her combat boot-clad feet resting in her lap, tapping them on Penelope's purple argyle scarf. She's right, though, Benny. Both sharks travel into brackish water all the time. They have a way to adjust the salination in their blood. Addie, the girl in the combat boots, sat up, adjusted her leather biker jacket, and looked at Benny. Her tight bun of black hair bobbed as she nodded in agreement with Penelope. That shit happens all the time at Uncle Bobby's house, Ben. Benny let out an annoyed sigh at Addie scratched the back of his head full of matching black hair. That's in Florida, sis. This is Massachusetts. The van sped past a road sign that read Salem, 10 miles. Beneath it, another town was listed, but the name and distance had long been scratched out. Benny lit up with elation. Aha, not much longer. Benny reached into the back seat and high-fived his sister Jennifer and Penelope shared a look of nervous apprehension. Adriana matched her brother's excitement. Best fishing in the state. Better a month late than never, right, Benny? Yeah, yeah, I know. The van bobbed along the old dirt road, passing the turnoff for Salem. As it entered Ipswich County, Benny turned the monstrosity on four wheels down an even more haggard thoroughfare. The woods on either side closed around the van as they drove down the roadway, as if the forest itself was blocking them from the last remnants of civilization. We're here! He jumped out of the van like an excited ten-year-old who just discovered a brand new BMX under his Christmas tree. Addie jumped out of the open sliding door and joined her brother at the back of the van. They giggled like little kids filled with joy as they retrieved the poles and tackle boxes from the back door. Jennifer jumped to the ground from the passenger seat of the massive vehicle and joined Penelope, who was staring at them with a slight smirk on her face. First time, huh? Yeah, a year together, and I never even knew we fished. Addie never mentioned this to me once in 11 months, but she loves it, so I'll take one for the team, I guess. Yeah, I suppose. Benny ran up to Jennifer and threw his arm around her. He pulled her along as he began walking down the road. Adriana tugged Penelope by the hand, and she reluctantly followed. Babe, I'm telling you, this is the best thing ever. we get the biggest catches here when we were kids. It's a wild time. They basically just jump in the net. Penelope and Jessica simultaneously rolled their eyes. Yeah, it's something. Cool. Benny and Addie were practically bouncing with joy when they approached a chain link fence, roughly ten feet high, tightly secured with a heavy chain and industrial padlock. A sign hung from the gate that read, Do not enter, hazardous area. The fence went deep into the woods on either side, possibly for miles, swallowing all of insulin in a coat of carefully bent aluminum. Benny and Addie gave each other a knowing Addie reached into her tackle box and retrieved a set of bolt cutters. What the hell are you doing? Addie! Babe, it's fine. No one comes out here anymore. Haven't for years. Stadies have enough issues to deal with in Salem right now anyway. Halloween was only four days ago. Addie gave the cutters a squeeze and with a hard snap, the lock came loose and fell to the ground. Benny, Addie, and their reluctant significant others slipped through the fence and onward to the town of Inzalem the seemingly abandoned town greeted them with a sign that read Welcome to Insland, Population 346 and not much else. Insland, in better days, had been a thriving fishing community. The inlet of brackish water the town had been built around housed an elaborate boat launch with a ring of 15 variations on the classic Kate's Cod style house lining the shore around it. In the center of the launch sat a massive single steeple church. The town seemed strangely pristine by the standards of average urban decay. The shops and homes seemed untouched. Much too clean to be vacant. This place looks alive. Are you sure it's abandoned? Yep. Fifteen years now. Jennifer was less accustomed to the rural setting and far less fascinated. She swatted at the air in disgust, trying to keep the abnormally high amount of Flies in the air, buzzing with platinum bangs. Abandoned? The fucking flies clearly love the place. There's thousands of them. The church loomed above the rest of the town in staggering scale. Standing at its base, its ashen shingled walls stretched into the sky in what seemed like an eternity. As if the steeple pierced the sky itself. As the group passed by, Penelope felt an unease creep inside of her. She stared up at the steeple, above, nervously, and the church stared back with the imagined judgment of some cruel god. As they reached the rear of the church, they noticed its foundation seemed to flow directly into the water, as if it were born of the ocean itself. Symbols adorned the doors, symbols Penelope had never seen before. That's not like any church I've ever seen. Addie shrugged at her girlfriend. Eh, unorthodox Methodist. Behind the church, rows of long, empty docks protruded into the half-moon inlet. In better times, the launch could have easily accommodated forty full-sized fishing boats. But now, it floated in the half-salt water, like a dormant leviathan of past commerce stripped empty of its many boats, except for one single-engine dinghy, roped to a hitch at the far end. In the pitch of the boat rested a tattered white umbrella. It bobbed in the water, sad and alone, as if waiting for them. It's still here! Addie and Benny ran toward the boat, tugging their partners along with them. Before entering the vessel, Benny turned around and reached into his tackle box. He retrieved a half-finished bottle of Irish whiskey. He swirled the glass bottle in his hand, spinning the brown liquid inside, and pointed it toward he and his sister's dates. A drink to bless his voyage? Eh? Eh? Babe, ew, you know I hate brown booze. Nah, I'm feeling queasy enough looking at that boat, if you want to call it that. Aw, come on, it's tradition jennifer and penelope refused again benny and Addie shrugged at each other and threw the gear into the rusting bucket of questionable safety with satisfaction and jumped into it sending a crashing ripple through the water a ripple that woke something up it watched beneath the surface lying in the silt. Apprehensively step onto the vessel. It watched as Jennifer protested coming aboard, fearing needing a tetanus shot, before fearfully tiptoeing onto the rusting hull. Watch them shove off, start the engines, and begin to speed deeper into the inlet against the last rays of sunlight. This is disgusting. Jennifer stared with queasy disbelief as Abby speared live night crawlers on a fishing hooks with glee. She handed the first to Benny, who was all too happy to begin. She handed the second to Penelope, who accepted the gift with a polite smile to hide the aversion she shared with Jennifer, seeing worms wriggling on the lines. When Abby put the pole in Jennifer's uneasy hands, She thanked her by gagging up some of their dinner in her mouth. Benny showed them the proper casting form in slow motion, waving his large arm smoothly as the dying antelope, on its hook, wiggled. He then signaled for them to begin. Three, two, one, go! All four lines were cast in opposite directions from the boat in surprising grace. Jennifer gasped in shock. Holy shit, I did it! There you go, babe! It watched as four small ripples pierced the membrane of the water's surface, and their unloadable passenger sank into the depths. Addie mentored Penelope on finer points of teasing the water. It's too focused on his own life. Didn't notice when Jennifer felt a tug on hers. Hey, hey, guys, I think something's happening. Addie looked up from assisting Penelope her eyes beamed open with surprise. Holy shit, Benny. I think she's got something. Way to go, babe. Benny and Addie shimmied to Jennifer to coach her on. They thought they had rocked the boat. They never noticed that something hit the boat. But Penelope did. Um, guys? Hang on, baby. We gotta help her. The lion jerked hard as Jennifer tugged and reeled at Benny's command. Jennifer nearly fell over at the force. Uh, I don't think I can hang on! Come on, babe! You got this! Just keep reeling! Another hard tug nearly sent Jennifer over the side of the dinghy. She dropped the pole in panic. I can't! Benny stumbled over to Jennifer to catch the pole with one hand. He leapt to his feet and leaned back hard as he reeled in the prize. His strong arms heaved and strained as he pulled back, but the prize could pull back even harder. Benny heaved forward and back, sweat forming on his brow as he reeled heavily. His confidence began to turn into concern as he looked at his sister. It's a big one. Yeah? Benny nodded and heaved backward again. His face slowly contorted from concern to fear. It was much too big to be a largemouth bass or trout. Much too big to even be some poor blue tuna that wandered in from the Atlantic. Much. Much too big. Benny heaved the final time with all of his might. So hard, in fact, that when the line went loose, he fell backwards, landing with his legs bent over his head. Motherfucker! Benny got back up in a huff of anger and checked his pole. The line hung loosely in the water, lightly bobbing back and forth. He reached for the line. Must have snapped, son of a bitch! hard tug from the line from beneath the water nearly capsized the boat, saying that the group colliding with each other in the dinghy floor in a tangled web of whims and curse words. When they freed themselves from each other, Jennifer realized they were one person short. Benny? The three women grabbed flashlights from the tackle box and beamed them onto the water's surface, frantically searching for their missing fourth member. Addie focused on something thrashing into the circles. Benny, is that you? Yeah, yeah, I'm here. What the fuck happened? You tell us. Something pulled me in. The group simultaneously realized that they may not be alone in the water. Baby, just just swim back, okay? Yeah, let's just head back to land. We'll keep the lights on you. Just head straight for it. Benny did as they asked and began kicking his legs and thrashing his arms hard at the water. The girls kept their lights on Benny, until Addie noticed something joining and thrashing behind him. She raised her light to see what it was. Benny! swim! Baby. your fucking ass off! Oh my god! Benny flailed at the water in huge strides, trying to outpace the dorsal of the adult bull shark cruising in for a kill barn. He swam so hard he nearly crashed into the dinghy before leaping in. Addie fanned the flashlight around the water's surface again, but the shark was gone. Benny looked out into the water with doubt in his eyes. Fucking shark. Very funny. I am telling you, I saw a fin right fucking there. Addie pointed the light where she had seen the fin, but it had been replaced by a cloud of red liquid bubbling in the surf. The dorsal fin bogged to the surface. Chunks of meat and cartilage dangled from where it was once attached. What the A small watercraft was launched into the air by something massive rising from the depths of the inlet. The passengers plunged into the cold water in a scattered cluster. Penelope broke through to the surface in a state of shock. She barely heard Addie Calling out to her from shore. Swim to me, baby! Don't stop! Penelope realized the water beneath her was shifting under her feet. Something was behind her, beneath the surface. Something very, very big. She began to pedal her feet as hard as she could. She was not physically equipped to outrun the beast beneath. She began to stall and choke in the surf. Benny and Addie shared a knowing glance before Benny dove into the icy waters toward Penelope. Baby, no! Come back! It's the only way. Benny reached Penelope pulled her over his shoulder. He swam one-armed with surprising strength, shoving Penelope towards the shore before being pulled underneath the water by the lurking thing. Jennifer shook in horror, fanning her flashlight along the rocky beach, searching, hoping, begging. No, 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 baby, no. But Benny did not respond. He did not resurface this time. Benny was gone, dragged beneath the waves. Aggie calmly grasped Jennifer's arm, free him. As a terrified Penelope had claimed the other. We have to leave, right now. He's coming back! He's your brother for fuck's sake! We can't just leave him! I'm not staying here. No way. We could at least wait for our land. A massive pincer had erupted from the water and clasped Jennifer at the waist. She choked on blood, and tears as the top half of her body slid down the car-sized claw and fell to the ground with a wet thud, leaving her severed, convulsing legs twitching as they slid into murky. The beast broke through the surface of the water carried by its ten massive swimmers. It slunk along the rocky ground and heavy clicking foot. It towered above the terrified pair of women. Its antennae reached for the sky, twitching like the living telephone poles. It focused its black, bulbous eye sounds, hair, and raised its gargantuan claws. Run. Penelope let out a scream as Addy dragged her by the arm. The beast slammed its pincers into the ground in front of them, missing them by inches. They ran for the town and never looked back. Trees buckled behind them it as its paleopotic rhythm eased into the instant, under pitch. The beast's claws swiped at the pair as it gave chase, narrowly missing Penelope's head and crashing into an abandoned sedan, sending it careening into the black waters below. Penelope reached the town center again. Penelope's lungs filled with fire as she heaved for every breath, praying she didn't slow down. Penelope pointed in the direction they needed to go. They entered the church. We'll be safe here. Addie shut the gated doors of the church behind them. Penelope looked around the massive interior in shock. The single worship area was empty, no pews, no pulpit, just a simple wooden floor that gave way to a large hole. The brackish water of the inlet washed atop the floorboards, reflecting the moonlight from the open ceiling around the room. In the mirrored light, Penelope saw it, a statue of the beast outside its crustacean body raising its claws above a simple carved sign that read, The Mother of Insulin." What the fuck? Tears filled Addie's eyes as she slowly approached Penelope. It wasn't supposed to be this way. What wasn't supposed to be this way? You both should have had the drink. You would have just gone to sleep. Baby? We were late. Mother demands pain when we're late. Mother? So we thought if you were asleep when she came, it would be better easier, but now it has to hurt. I'm so sorry. Penelope was transfixed on Addie's face in a state of shock. She could see nothing else, including Abby's hands reaching down. Penelope screamed in agony as something skewered the back of her knee. She fell to the floor, hobbled by the gaping wound where her kneecap once was. She desperately reached out to Addie, she had already begun to walk toward the door. The sacrifice must be something we love. Penelope cried out in anger, agony, and heartbreak. Why? Abby opened the gated door and lifted her arm. She pointed at her as the melting flesh of her hand revealed a blood-soaked pincer. So we can be you. Addie looked at Penelope one last time. She closed the door of the church as the tide swelled from the hole and the beast rose from the deep. Penelope's screaming echoed through the church for only a second before the crushing weight of the beast's pincer silenced her forever. She walked down the shore of the inlet as her human flesh fell from her in runny, wet sheets. She reached the wreckage of the dinghy, its white umbrella now stained red was greeted by Benny whose own flesh had fallen away replaced by bone shell and claws they returned to the water they returned to the mother that had called her wayward children home